of Holiness podcast with Reverend Carolyn Moore and Reverend Pierce Drake. Join us today as we lean into practical holiness, intergenerational relationships, and supernatural ministry. This is a New Room Network podcast. We're so glad you're here. Let's jump in. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Art of Holiness podcast with Pierce Drake and... Carolyn Moore, and it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yes. Listen, we have said from the very beginning, we record a podcast every week, except for the ones we don't. Well, we hadn't actually said that from the very beginning, because we were so good those first couple of seasons, and then life happened. Life happened, and yeah. so it's been a minute since mm-hmm. we've recorded yeah. and gotten together, and I think... I think our audience will understand this thing called grace. We were at New Room last September, and Mm -hmm. we recorded some amazing conversations with really people people we would not be able to talk to otherwise. Correct. And we didn't want to lose those conversations, but between everything that happened at your church and everything that has happened at my church and all of life and the otherwise... We've just taken a little bit of time to get here, but we didn't want to lose those conversations. So we're we're going to give them to you. You need to understand that there's going to be some background noise, right? Yeah, there's a little bit of background noise in this first episode with Carol. Um, as we said, we're at New Room, so like the band was rehearsing a little bit, right? But they it levels out, and it's it's an easy listen after a few minutes in. Yeah, and here's what we hope you will do. We hope that these conversations from last year's New Room will stoke your fire for getting on board with this year's New Room, which will be right where we're sitting right now at the Woodlands Methodist Church in Houston, in the Woodlands, Texas, right? That's right, in the Woodlands, Texas, yeah. So change of venue, we've gone from Tennessee and Nashville over to the Woodlands. I'm not going to say it has anything to do with me moving here. It doesn't. It really doesn't. I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. But you know, but JD moved here, yeah, and yeah. and and probably the bigger thing is just that the venue in Nashville, uh, it it they couldn't accommodate us at the last that's minute, right. and that's so right. that's why we're here. Don't know if this is going to be your long term solution, but uh, for this year, just go ahead and go ahead and bite the bullet. Buy your plane tickets and get here. Come on. Hey, uh, here's what I love about New Room and always have loved about New Room, and I've stated it multiple times, Mm -hmm. is every year I come in and I look at the speaker lineup Mm -hmm. and I don't know half of the names. Right. And I I do my research, I listen, I get ready, and then those are the people that I walk away with going... Wow. How have I never known about them? Yeah, I know. Or, oh my goodness. Right. Or that was the, if I look back on conference, that's the moment. And so our first podcast today is with one of those voices. Right. We have Carol Ward with us. Yes. And I remember she, uh, a friend of mine knew who she was. And I just asked, I said, hey, what do you know about Carol Ward? She's speaking at New Room. And this is the way they described her. She is Mother Teresa and John the Baptist and Elijah all put together. She is amazing. She really, she is fearless, bold. Her testimony is stunning. And she's not, it's not the testimony of somebody who has like came out of drugs or, right. or she actually, she knew from an early age that she was going to be a missionary in Africa. And she, she it was just a prophetic calling over her life from an early age. And she is go- she goes where nobody else wants to go. That's right. To war-torn areas where she prays things of God into reality. Yeah. Amen to that. So, hey, get your notebooks ready. Get all the things ready. Enjoy this episode with Carol Ward, and we look forward to talking to you on the back end. Yes. 
We are so honored to have Carol Ward with us. Yes. We are so grateful that you are here, that you would wake up a little earlier (laughs) and uh, join us on the podcast and uh, take in all the stuff as we do this with a drum beat behind us. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Just like Africa. That's right. That's right. You're at home. Yes. Right? Yes. So would you just share with us a little about your story and your context for ministry? Yes. um, Third generation missionary. So I I call it the call of the wild because my grandparents in China were taking POWs. Oh, wow. Used to war. Wow. 30 years. Um, And then my parents with Wycliffe in the jungles of the Philippines, I grew up with ISIS children. And there was a head, a price on my dad's head for 45 years. And we never left. Others were executed, evacuated, kidnapped. So anyway, that was kind of, uh, I was acclimated to danger. Right. So when the Lord called me to war zones in northern Uganda during an LRA 20-year war, which was horrific, UN said the next tragedy since Hitler, it was it was pretty dark. Wow. But I've yes. been over there for 20 years and I've watched the fire of God Come capture yes. the hearts of people who wow. are changing a nation. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. Well, so talk about that. How, how have you seen that happen? Like, how, what, how, what does that even look like? I think for anybody listening, uh, I, I, my guess is 99.9% of the people listening have no idea what your experience right. has been. Right. So, right. so walk us through what that looks like as a cross-cultural worker, as, yes. uh, as, a, as a person who dearly loves the, I mean, you, you're, there, you're there for life, right? Yes. And so yes. what does all of that look like? Well, I had prayed when I was 12 years old in the jungles of the Philippines. I'll lay my life down. Fox's Book of Martyrs were my bedtime stories. And I said, Lord, send me anywhere in the world where no one else wants to go. Yeah. Because why do we need to hear Jesus's name every day? And how many millions have never heard him? Right. So when I was in Uganda and I got a call from the Holy Spirit, where you come north through the people uh-huh. and saying, uh, everybody's left us, abandoned us, yeah. and right. there's a war. And it was off limits by embassies. Yeah. So I said, I'm going in. Because wow. I can't find in the book of Acts where they said, don't go, it's dangerous. Right. So, um, <laughs> so I went, and I went alone. No organization would cover me. Nobody would support me. And mm. I said, but God, the darkness was so thick, you could cut it with a knife. Wow. And I said, Lord, what are you going to do in this? I'm a nurse by trade, but I said, there's no skill. There's no training manual. What? And, and he said, well, what would you do in immense darkness? You turn the light on. Well, that's the fire yeah, of God. That's right. That's and right. And so he said, turn a thousand candles on, which is the word of God. He said, right. it's the light. Right. And so we started with prayer. There were no Bibles in print. Yeah. So I opened the little hut that I was staying in, put uh-huh. a little sign, house of prayer, everybody welcome, 7A7P, seven days a week. Uh-huh. And the place was packed. Wow. We were on our faces, groaning, crying wow. out, travailing. Wow. And God began moving in. Uh-huh. And then we had a national prayer gate that gathering in the stadium in mm-hmm. 2004 stop the war within one week 20-year war wow. and we got a call from the government saying the darkness over the region has been pulled back like a curtain what oh. just happened in that stadium i said wow. it was an if my people wow. that's right and wow. if my people that's right that's right jeremiah and so that yes. started yep. the revival and it's never stopped yes. wow so now we're in seven nations of spiritual darkness wow. yeah. and danger and uh-huh. god's moving in like wildfire mm-hmm. because that's what they did in the book of acts they turned right. the world right. upside down right so jesus says in luke 9 he sends them out with power and authority yes mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. about that talk about walking with power and authority and maybe the differences in those yes um, mm-hmm. and walking out with that yes he didn't leave his disciples 
disciples as orphans. He said, I'm going to, mm. I can't be with you. Right. I've got to mm-hmm. go, mm-hmm. but it's better if I do so the Holy Spirit can come yeah. on you. Yes. And he's going to live in you, be with you all the time, everywhere. So he empowered them and he yeah. said, go get power yeah. and wait on me till you get it. Acts 1.8 mm-hmm. and you'll be my witnesses. In other mm. words, don't go out without it. Right. Right. Because That's you're right. going to be slaughtered. Right. That's right. Kind right. Of spiritually. Don't go without it. That's right. And so that was his instructions. Mm-hmm. Now, even in Matthew 10 and Luke 10, when he sent them out before, he breathed on them mm. and he gave them his authority to go. And that was before Pentecost, actually. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they went under the delegated authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they came back and saw all these miracles. And isn't it something Mm -hmm. in Matthew 10 where he says, preach the gospel, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils, open out blind eyes, and raise the dead, and preach the kingdom in one sentence. Yes. And when they came, like, no big deal, you know. And when they came back, he said, I saw Satan fall like like lightning. And mm-hmm. I said, oh, God, so that means you disempower darkness yes. when yes. we move with power. That's yes. right. When we move yes. with authority. That's right. Yes. And so that's the way we do. Our, our missionaries are the book of Acts in action. Oh. And that is beautiful. Yeah. And, and, and a great part of that, I mean, you're facing war with war, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so yes. a great part of your ministry is spiritual warfare. Yes. Talk about what that looks like in this context. When we go into an area because fighting naked headhunters, spiritual darkness over that and mm-hmm. I go right into those areas is very different than Islamic terrorism is it two okay. different kinds of strongholds okay. yeah. so we do spiritual mapping and uh-huh. we study the region and we study what's light what's darkness you uh-huh. know and because Daniel did in 9 and 10 he said wait a minute our 70 years is up don't we de- deserve deliverance mm-hmm. of a nation mm-hmm. and he put his face to the ground and as he prayed and fasted mm-hmm. God sent Gabriel and Michael to bind the strong man. So that's what we do. Fasting and prayer, fasting and prayer. We do three weeks wow. of prayer and fasting before ever going into a region. Wow. And I'm talking about we. That's our at home staff yeah. of missionaries, which mm-hmm. is about 60 people. Yeah. Eight hours a day. That's Come not five-minute prayer. Yeah. Right. Eight Come hours on. a day for three weeks. Wow. Sometimes 40 days. Uh-huh. And then we hold national prayer gatherings in the stadium every year uh-huh. in mm. South Sudan, uh-huh. which are 77 hours. We have the attention of vice president. Three wow. of them have invited me for dinner now. Wow. SSTV is there to film it. Come it's on. amazing. Yeah. And we, one week after these national prayer gatherings, we're seeing government shift. Mm. Wow. 2007, Ebola was eradicated in five days wow. and, and wasn't back again in the nation. Praise God. And then uh, 2018, we saw the dictator of Sudan mm-hmm. removed, ousted out of office after 30 years of executing believers. Wow. And wow. we move from office wow. one week after the prayer gatherings. So God's so, doing it through prayer. So not a coincidence. Yeah, yeah right, <laughs> right, no, no. right. Um, talk about the difference between, as a, as, a, as a practice, the difference between praying against systems yeah. and yeah. praying for personal needs. Well, we fight a battle. Mm-hmm. I say that, you know, that's unseen with weapons that are not carnal yeah. Yeah. against forces of evil that are powerful, right. you know, so that's right. what spiritual warfare looks like. Right. Yeah. So personal needs is, and there's nothing wrong with that because mm-hmm. he tells us to ask, mm-hmm. but intercession is another level. Yeah. Numbers 11 says, oh, will you, uh, I'm sorry, Numbers 1648 says, he stood between the dead and the living and he waved the wand, which is intercession in Revelations 8 to stop the plague. And it's standing in the gap as Ezekiel 23 says for others. 
It's standing in the gap. Jesus, our high priest, ever lives to make intercession for us. It's his full-time job. Right. It's his full-time job. And if we're his bride and his helpmeet, shouldn't it be ours? Yes. You know, our highest priority. And so God says, if I've seated you in heavenly places, I've disarmed principalities and made a show of them openly. I gave you the keys to the kingdom. I told you you have my authority. All authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. Go. So he didn't leave us going unequipped. So that is the authority we have. When I walk into a place, I said, I don't want to just be known in heaven. I want hell to know me. I want hell to start shaking because they go, oh no, here she comes again. Because everything evil begins to be exposed. And I could tell story after story how God does that. But then he, he allows us in his authority with the weapons of authority to do what he tells us to do. Heal the sick, raise the dead, open blind eyes, preach the gospel. Yeah. And the harvest is flooding. Yeah. We see five to 6,000 come to Jesus a month. A month. A month. Wow. With discipleship wow. in these hard nations. Wow. Right. Wow. Yes. Wow. So, so uh, my next question then is like, what it, clearly, if you're in that kind of, uh, that's spiritual soup right there. That's not broth. That's yeah. soup. That's, yeah. that's stew. What are the what are the miracles? What are the miracles you see? You've got salvation miracles. You're seeing you're seeing governments change hands in a week. What are you seeing in the like in the in the personal revival of souls? What what kind of miracles do you see? Well. God uses signs, wonders, and miracles to bring the lost in. Yes. They say miracles with a dinner bell to salvation. Yeah. Oh, that's and it was good. the way all through so the Peter, Bible. That's so what Peter says, right? Pentecost. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was yes. attested to you with signs and wonders. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. yes. and he confirms his word yeah. with signs, wonders, and miracles. Muslims are turning to Jesus radically because they wow. want to see a God that's alive, Come uh-huh. a God that loves them, and a God that has a power. Right. Yeah. And they're going, okay, show us your God. Yeah. And so, you know, I could tell a lot of stories, but we've seen every miracle in the book of Acts. Wow. We've seen the dead raised, the eyes of the blind open. We've seen leprosy cleanse, tumors go. We've seen God open heaven and give mm. rain in the middle of drought when mm. there was none. Mm. We've seen him blind the eyes of soldiers holding AK-47s at us, and we've driven right through them. Mm. We've seen financial mm. miracles, uh, shifting in government. I mean, I could go, I could, oh, one of the agents that, uh, of, he called himself an agent of Lucifer. Wow. And he was doing human sacrifices since 12 years old. Wow. He was the nephew of the dictator, annihilating and, and abducting 50,000 children in the area. And he came, had a price on my head for five years, take her out. Uh-huh. Because prayer is the force that disarms darkness. Yes. Yeah. And so even these dictators know that. Take yeah. her out. And he yeah. put a price on my head. So this guy tracked and hunted and tracked and hunted me, but he couldn't touch me. He said, uh-huh. I broke into your house many times. I knew those robberies happened. He said, that was me. I was in your living room. I said, why didn't you just do it? He said, I couldn't touch you. You had a flame of fire around about you. He said, wow. I couldn't even get close to you. Wow. And you'd be up at night praying. And I yeah. said, oh my goodness. He came into our house of prayer, which has never closed in 20 years. Yeah. And he came in to destroy prayer because he knows prayer is the, the power against evil. Right. And he had an encounter with God, like Damascus Road experience, uh-huh. he fell on the floor, was massively delivered, which looks like a grand mal seizure. Wow. Matthew 17, the little boy that throws himself uh-huh. in the fire. Uh-huh. And he said, when he got born again, and, and, and we started discipleship the first night, led seven people to the Lord the first week, has been in Bible school, and Come is the on. most radical evangelist Come you can on. meet wow. today. Come on. They make the best evangelists. You Holy just got to get them right. on the right side of the fence. Yeah. Yes. Like, you know? Whoa. 
<laughs> it's just yes. like Paul. Yeah. yeah. Great evangelist yes. once he got got in the right, yes. uh, started swimming in the right stream. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. yes. Wow. What a powerful, powerful word. Yeah. And, and so why is it that you see what you see and we don't mm. see this in the States? Because, well, faith is there. They said those that are poor in this world are rich in faith. Mm -hmm. And faith comes by hearing. Mm -hmm. And so faith is very, very strong. And we have a dependency on nothing else. There's no, not always things available, you know, comfort Mm -hmm. and, and medical and security and all that. So... So I would say probably the number one reason is faith, which includes prayer. Because if you pray, you're, I mean, if you have faith, you're going to pray. Right, that's right. And so you're going to put your feet to your faith. Yeah. And so they pray. And then obedience. Mm. And I say in America, we have 90% information and 10% application. Mm. Wow. But over there, they have 90% yeah. application yeah. with mm. only 10% information. Right. And I say it takes information plus application to equal transformation. Otherwise, we have so much head knowledge, and we live in a spiritual fantasy zone, and we are self-deceived. James 1 says, if we hear, 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 and never do. So they apply the word. They just read Luke 10 and go, heal the sick, raise the dead, preach the God. Oh, that's my job description. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, that's John Wimber. When do we get to do the Jesus stuff? Yeah. Yeah. When do we get to do (laughs) the stuff? Yeah. Yeah. And, And the second reason is they understand... The call of the cross. Wow. And the call of discipleship. Wow. Most of us in America don't go through that door. Mm -hmm. Oh, I Mm want to be saved or we sign a card or we do whatever else. But he said, wait a minute. There's three steps. You first of all have to deny yourself. And if you haven't settled that the day you came to Jesus, then you're going to have issues your whole walk. You're going to be bargaining with God. Where's my conditions? Where's my benefits? What's in it for me? But when that's settled at the time of salvation, you're not your own. You're bought with a price. Wait a minute. You just signed up for God's army. You have no rights. You have no say in this. The vision isn't yours. It's his. And then you take up your cross, which may mean a burden, it may mean a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It may mean death. Okay, yeah. settled at the right. time of salvation. Right. And then you follow him wherever, whenever, to whoever, however. Yeah. Some go through lions and jungles. Mm-hmm. Some go on foot. Some go through mm-hmm. floods. Mm-hmm. I mean, 700 missionaries in these dark places. You name it. We've about seen You've it. Seen yes. This. Right. Yes. So you talk about in one of... Uh, I've seen this around some of your teaching, this idea of discipline leads to desperation. Yes. And I think so often, when I read that, I was like, yes, but I think so often it's said the other way. It's said, like, what are you desperate for? And then that, that'll, lead to des- that'll lead to discipline. Yeah. And I love that you flip it on its head. Yes. You flip it on its head. So yes. what have you learned about that? Why is that a core principle for you, um, this idea that it's discipline? And Car- I was talking to Carolyn about uh, earlier this morning. We were just talking through what we're going to ask you and talk about some more. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was something on your heart as well in the last few days. Yeah, faith follows discipline. Faith follows discipline. Yeah. So it, it follows it. You know, it comes into, not not comes after, but... Uh, yes. Yeah, so go ahead, yes. talk about it. Well, yeah. when Jesus said, you want to be my disciple, disciple means mm-hmm. discipline. Mm-hmm. So that's the discipline right there. Take up your cross, yep. deny yourself. But yep. most of us work on self-preservation, not self-denial. Right. And self-preservation wow. keeps you from the cross. Right. You know, we want right. to know our conditions and our benefits and our retirement and this and that. We don't ask those questions. We go. And right. it has nothing to do with me. Right. So, so that 
that is discipline. I've become a disciple. Now, the following of the Lord Jesus, that hunger and that appetite, it grows. It's immense. It consumes you because the Mm -hmm. more you get, the more you want, the more you want, the more you get. Mm -hmm. And you just see what God can do. Every day you're living in miracles. Mm -hmm. And so that discipline turns into desperation for more and for others. Mm -hmm. I want them to see. I want them to hear. It doesn't matter. When we send our missionaries into places we know there's going to be execution and imprisonment. And I say, how many of you now want to go? 250 hands will shoot up like right, that. Right. And I go, you know what, you, you know, you know what yeah. you're walking into, right? Yeah. They love not their life even to, unto de- death. That's the gospel. And, yeah. it, and, and if greater love has no man than this, then he lay his life down. That's the gospel. Right. And you'll ask them, why, why are, do you say yes so fast? And they said, uh-huh. well, we already settled it at salvation. Uh-huh. And they said, our eternity is secure. Theirs is not. Yeah. Why wouldn't we give what's temporal yeah. to gain what's eternal? Right. We're talking about right. eternity. Wow. So they live with eternity in their hearts. Yeah. And so this desperation is a, it, it's greater than passion. It's a uh-huh. driving force that yeah. will not take no mm. for an answer. It's mm. an unstoppable fire. Yes. It is an unstoppable fire. Yes. Yeah. Um, so where globally, if you think globally, cause, because uh, your organization is now in how many countries now? Seven. Seven now, yes. and your vision is for 20. About all the countries uh, yeah. of Northern Africa. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you think globally, where do you see God moving? I mean, what, what is the grand, uh, uh, from your perspective, living where you live, what's the sweep of God right now? Well, if I look at worldwide, because my, my grandparents were China, mm-hmm. and the underground church is explosive in revival, yes. and they have a vision, obviously, to go back to Israel and the Silk Road, or Highway of Blood, you call it, uh-huh. and so South Sudan, they have a vision to take Jesus to the Arabic-speaking world at the cost of their life. Yes. And so they've already laid their lives out. Very similar vision, persecution mm-hmm. of a different kind. Mm-hmm. But um, And then my life in the Philippines and now here in Africa. But when I listen, of course, I'm engulfed in revival. Right. And, and it's just, we live in another realm and the temporal <laughs> things are just so insignificant and we're yeah. just caught up in eternity and what God's doing. The harvest is massive uh-huh. and we can't get to it fast enough. So what God's doing in parts of the world... I'm not sure of, uh-huh. and I'm sure there's pockets of revival. But when I go to missions conferences, I hear well-known mission speakers get up and say, if we wanted to put our, our, our finger on a map, on the, on the map, uh-huh. on a place in the world that God's moving the, the greatest and mightiest in harvest and revival, it's Africa. Yes. And so, yes. but Africa has a lot of countries in it. Sure. Right. So right. I'm not right. quite sure where he's talking about, and I yeah. don't ask. We're just bu- we're just too busy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes. 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 So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And and so Africa is just hungry, and and it is so interesting to me that um, that the 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 movement and the suffering seem inextricably linked. Would you say so? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I say I say sacrifice in sac- sacrifice. Uh, for, first, it's surrender, yes. and that's the call of the cross. And mm-hmm. in surrender, you're following your calling. But in sacrifice, you are fulfilled. But in suffering yeah. is where fruitfulness is. Yes, because Paul said, wow. "I suffer the loss of all things." Yes, and there's no glory without suffering. Right, right, right. And that's right. what Peter says. The whole right. book of Peter. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I was just thinking. I'm reminded of. Um, well, the, well, the scripture that says the joy of the Lord is my strength and how that here gets put on a bumper sticker or on a coffee cup mm-hmm. or, you know, a little mm-hmm. thing. 
And that so often in our context equates to happiness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You got to have a different joy. Yeah, we do. Right. <laughs> and it's deep. And it's yeah. deep. Mm-hmm. And it's uh-huh. a deep well. So just tell me about the joy of the Lord. Yeah. As, yeah. as we listen. Yeah. Um, but also those listen online and those yeah. listen later. Yeah. Um, there, there, it's a deep, it, it is a very deep well, but it's an anchor. Come on. And uh, it's sustainable. Mm-hmm. And he says, in my presence is fullness of joy. Yeah. So it hasn't, and it, those who sow in tears reap in joy. Yeah. Yeah. So they are very much linked. Yeah. Weeping endures for the night, joy comes in the morning. Wow. Very much linked to te- shedding tears in order mm. to, to draw from the deep well. Right. And so when we see uh, hardships come uh-huh. in our missionaries, and, and they're all covered with the house of prayer yeah. uh, 24-7, sure. Sure. and we've never lost one. But when we mm, see this kind God. of persecution and we weep for them, but yeah. this inexpressible mm. joy, yes. joy unspeakable and mm. full of glory, yes. that's what the Word says. Yeah. Yeah. His joy has glory in it. Yes. We rejoice because we're looking wow. at eternity, yes. and Jesus yeah. has more gain, yes. and we're winning for the Lamb the reward of His suffering. Yes. It doesn't matter yes. what happens on this earth. Yes. yes. It's what sustained. Is. That's it. Yes. That's it. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Got one more? I got one more. Go I, got, go. I, I got yeah. Go. Yeah. <laughs> so here at New Room, what is what are you sensing? Um, are you sensing this is your first time here? Yes. Um, as you kind of walk in, what do you hear the Holy Spirit yes. saying um, yes. for for such a time as this? There's a lot of hunger, and people come mm-hmm. back to this well, mm-hmm. and, and, and they're looking for something deeper. Mm-hmm. And I believe there's a yearning yeah. in the heart of God to pour His Spirit out with mm-hmm. such an abundance, uh-huh. but there's not an understanding, because we okay. have learned to lean on our own understanding and our mm-hmm. intellect for so long mm-hmm. that to become as a child... And just say, Daddy, I'm so hungry. Fill me. If it's in mm-hmm. the Bible, I want it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what I'm asking for, but mm-hmm. I want all of it. Mm-hmm. And I challenged a man. He said, how do you see the power there? And I said, well, we have the Holy Spirit. And he promises us all everything yeah. with the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. And he said, well, we don't teach that in our churches. And I said, well, let me ask you one question. I said, do you want to stand before Jesus someday and say, you, you could have done all these miracles. I paid for it. Right. I paid for you to have. Right. That kind of outpouring and that empowerment. But I'm so glad you're in heaven, but you got yeah. here with a half a tank. You could have had a full tank again. Right. <laughs> and I said, which do you want? Yeah. If yeah. you had a choice, yeah. you still get to heaven. Yeah. But yeah. boy, I want a full tank. Right. Yes. And so I yes. feel that there's that kind of a hunger for something more. Okay. And, and maybe it's, you know, we, we have to throw off our sophistication. Right. Uh, our traditions, our right. denominations, because God said, you hold your traditions above my word yeah. in Matthew 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have to put his word mm-hmm. above yes. our traditions, our thinking, our mind raised up against the knowledge of God yeah. and just come so simply yeah. and say, I don't have to understand this. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just want it all. Yeah, boy, yeah. that is such a beautiful analogy, the, 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 the tank, because I'm thinking about when you're driving down the road and you've got a full tank, you sort of feel like, okay, I've got everything I need here. Yeah. I'm coming from yeah. a place of strength to, on, on, uh, into this trip. You know how far but, I could go right now? Yeah. <laughs> you know how far I could go right yeah. now on a full tank? Are you hoping you could get back to the hotel? <laughs> no, I'm, uh, no, I'm, uh, saying, uh, no, I'm, I'm yeah. being serious. Like when you have a full, yeah. at least it's, the adventure minded that I have, yes. like when you have a full tank, you're like, man, I could drive for a 
an hour, uh, uh, like right, hours. Yeah, right, could, but right. It, yeah. yeah, and I've got a Prius now, so I feel oh, like gosh. I really could drive for a long, long time. <laughs> but when you get down to nothing and that little light comes on, yes. now wow. you're starting to calculate where's the exit, where's the exit, where's the exit, yes. and there's an, ex- there's yes. an anxiety that comes with that. And yes. that is the same thing. Like, yes. I will get there. But why yes. get there anxious yes. when I could get a full tank? Yes. The, other, yeah. the other thought I had uh, when you were talking is, uh, because I had this prophetic word this week about hunger. And I was, I was praying over someone, and, and the, the prophetic word that came to me was that God wants to make you hungry, and then he wants to make you hungrier, and then he wants to make you hungrier. So it is the kind of, of hunger that God gives is, is, not, a, is not a starvation. No. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a passionate just drive for mm-hmm. more. Yes. It's a passionate yes. drive for more. Yes. Mm. So yes. it's not as if you're starving. Yes. You just want more. Yes. Right? Like being yes. at a buffet that's just yes. more. I just yes. want, I want all of it. Yes. And yes. so I hear that word of hunger now that you've said mm-hmm. it speaks, maybe speaking over uh-huh. more people uh-huh. who are connected yeah. with New Room this week. Yes. Go after the hunger. Yes. Ask for more hunger. Yes. Ask yes. for yes. hunger. Yes. D- don't ask to be, I-, I would say, don't even ask to be filled. Just ask to be hungry. Yes. Right? Is, yes. that, is, that a, is that a decent prayer to pray? Yes. Yes. But that hunger, like you said, will drive you right. with desperation right. to touch the hem of his garment. Right. Virtue flows That's when it. you touch God. That's it. So it will drive a child to, Daddy, I've got to yeah. have you. That's right. Yeah. I've That's got right. to. It, it has a destiny. It ha- it yes. is, mm. It'll take you somewhere. Yes. It has a place of attainment. Yes. He doesn't leave us empty. Come yes. On. Yes. Yes. Come on. yes. So he says, come and drink. There's yes. plenty enough. That's and right. And he wants to yeah. fill us more That's than right. we want it. Yes. yes. That's right. right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yes. That's yeah. right. Yes. 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 <laughs> it's, like, uh-huh. it's like the pie that once you have a little piece of it, you, you've got to keep eating the yes. pie. <laughs> yes. 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 The beauty of it, the... you don't get full. That's right. Yes. 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 Carol, thank you for being with us. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. What an, what an inspiration yeah, and what a yes. challenge! Yes. Just your witnesses, yes. and can't wait to hear the um, to hear the carol on the stage. Can't oh, wait! Yeah. Well, I hope so, it's Jesus on the yeah, stage. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So here's what I want to say, Pierce, about the role of prayer in the Methodist movement. I assume that a lot of people who are listening to our podcast are Wesleyan, Arminian, Methodist in that stream. Mm -hmm. And here's what I have learned over the last couple of years especially, is that Methodists know how to meet. A lot of Methodists know how to fight, but Methodists have not yet found their own culture of prayer, not in our generation. And so talk about the fact that, I mean, when Carol was with us at New Room, she is the one, you, you're the one who said it, she broke the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think there is, you know, I think when you live a life like hers, and here's the trick to it, you don't have to live in Africa to live a life like right. hers. Right, But just an, an, an unhindering dependency upon the Holy Spirit. Right. To show up. 
to move. Right. She told the story in our podcast of being protected from the guy who like came in to kill her multiple times. Right. And said, I couldn't touch you because there was a fire around you. Right. And, um, and so, you know, she talked about how prayer destroys uh, the darkness. And so, right. so in all of that, yes, yeah, she came in, she preached. And everybody at New Room will, will remember this. Um, she came in, preached. It was the last day. And I would imagine, like, let me just go ahead and say this. I'd imagine if I'm a speaker, and probably shouldn't say this, but if I'm a speaker and there's a three-day conference, the last talk that I want to give is the last <laughs> morning's yeah. first talk. Yeah, <laughs> It's not the end talk. It's the first oh, talk. Right. And, um, and so that was her slot, and that didn't matter. Right. She came in, and it was one of those moments that she taught us on prayer. She taught us Scripture. She just spoke scripture. Yeah. I think more of her message was speaking scripture than it was giving lessons or application. Mm-hmm. And halfway through the talk, I mean, I felt the whole room on the edge of their seats. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those moments that goes, I don't care what she asks of me, I'm doing that thing. Right, <laughs> right. I'm following her wherever right. she's going. She, she wants me right. to run around the room, I'll yeah. run around the room. Right. She wants us to dance. I'm going to dance. Right. Um, if she's going to ask us to lay face fat, face flat on the floor, right. I'm doing it. And so she just she just called the church. Say, if you want prayer, if you want the fire of God, yeah, come come to the altar. Right. And the altar broke. You had everybody from people who's their first time teenagers, college students on their face mm-hmm. to like multiple bishops, yeah, prostrate on the ground, right. And um, Jim Simbler was was scheduled to preach after that, and he came out and looked at the room and went, "I'm not preaching." Right, <laughs> and not out of a moment of anger, it out was... of a moment of going, "The Holy Spirit's doing something here." Right, and that's way more important than any human standing up to talk again. Right, what you want to accomplish has already been accomplished. That's correct. So just keep, just stay in this river. Correct. That's what happened, and 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 it's moments like that that have happened consistently at New Room over the last two or three years, especially. That had, have begun to develop the culture of prayer. Yeah. And that, friends, this is what I want to invite you into. I want to invite you to begin the, you know, she, she spends hours. I mean, mm-hmm. she would invite people to come to her little prayer. Um, hut mm-hmm. in Africa. She spends hours in prayer, and I just want to invite you to invite your people into prayer and and begin to really consider what is the culture of prayer in your church. Because mm-hmm. Jesus said Himself, "My house will be called a house of prayer." Correct is what you're developing where you are in your ministry, whether it's whether it's church or parachurch. Does it have a culture of prayer around it? And if not, I challenge you to consider that question. How am I going to develop a culture of prayer? And here's what we're seeing post-New Room, post having no clue that Asbury was coming, Mm -hmm. the outpouring Asbury. People are hungry. Right. People are hungry. Right. And that's not a stylistic approach. Right. That's not a traditional, rural, urban, contemporary, whatever. They're just hungry. They're just hungry. So lead them, call them, and, and then when God shows up, Get out of the way. Right. Yeah. We hope y'all had a great time. Thank you for being with us as we're back on the Art of Holiness podcast. We look forward to seeing you next week and uh, be blessed. Mm -hmm.